Let's do it a bit higher. Amen. We are in the house of the Lord. Amen. And as we're singing, saying you are faithful, you are faithful. I'm not sure about you. When you sing, you need to reflect on the songs you are singing. Just think of the faithfulness of God. The reason that you are still here is because God is faithful. Amen. And when you've been trusting God for many things, God has always come through for you. Amen. It's good to reflect and know what your God can do. And when we come to the house of the Lord, we need to be coming with expectant hearts, like the people who used to go to the pool of Bethesda. You remember the pool of Bethesda? The house of mercy? And the Bible says, when the angel would come and stir the waters, whoever was first to jump in was made whole, whatever their infirmity. So we are here now, all of us, but this time, it's not whoever is first to jump in, it's whoever has faith. Amen? Whoever has faith, whoever is coming with an expectant heart, God will do for you what you are looking for. And may this tent be like the tent of the Lord's presence. Like what the Israelites would do every time they would go to the tent, the tent of the Lord's presence, or the tent of meeting, and they would meet the Lord there. And I was very much excited with our service last week as we were experiencing that refreshing moment in the presence of God. What a refreshing time. Just to be in the presence of God and sense, feel the manifested presence of God. I was reminded of what Peter said. Let's go together to the book of Luke chapter 9. Because we did not want to finish our service last week. Luke chapter 9, from 28 to 35, AMPC, Amplified Classic. Now I want you to read that because when you come to the house of the Lord, come with an expectant heart. Come expecting the Lord to manifest himself, to show his glory. We shouldn't come to church like we are coming to a social gathering. Amen? Yeah. Let's come like people who are expecting to encounter the Lord. Ask your neighbor, are you expectant? Amen. Amen. And you've got to behave like somebody who is expectant. Whatever your issue is, may the Lord meet you at your point of need. May you stretch your faith and say, Lord, that's me today. So as we were sharing here, we were singing here saying, Lord, you are faithful, Lord, you are faithful. I was thinking of the Lord's faithfulness in my life. And it's not just theory, it's not just psychology that we are telling you about, it's about the faithfulness of God. So Luke chapter 9, 28 to 35, Amplified Classic says, Now about eight days after these teachings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. I want you to start thinking about that. Some of you do not like to pray. But when we pray, we expose ourselves to the presence of God. To encounter his presence. You know we're talking about the glory of the Lord. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So when I go to the time of prayer, it shouldn't be a burden. It should, I should go there with an expectant heart. Saying, I just want to be with the Lord. Amen. 
I just want to be with the Lord. I just want to be in his presence. And as he was praying, the appearance of his countenance became altered, different. You remember last week we were talking about different metamorphosis. That when you behold the glory of God, you are transformed into the image of God. So they became altered or different. And his raiment became dazzling white, flashing with brilliance of lighting. And behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in splendor and majesty and brightness. You see, we're talking about glory. That's what we call glory. That splendor, that majesty, that brightness. And we're speaking of his exit from life, which was about to bring to realization at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those with him were weighed down with sleep. But when they fully awoke, they saw his glory, splendor and majesty and brightness. I want you to think of this. We always say God is everywhere at any moment. You know that, isn't it? But there are times when God's manifested presence is so dense in a place. Okay? That's what we call glory. Or they would call it Shekinah. Okay? It means it's like the presence of the Lord is so heavy. Okay? That dense manifestation of the presence of the Lord. The, 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 the priests of old, sometimes they would be praising and worshiping in the temple as they were offering. The Bible says the glory of the Lord would be so heavy that they wouldn't even know how to do things in the temple. Amen? That's why I was saying that it's like last week toward the end of our service when we're starting to have that moment. That moment where you feel, it just feels like we don't have to stop here now. Okay? That's why now Peter says, look at verse 33. And it occurred as the men were parting from him that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is delightful and good that we are here. Let us construct three booths or huts, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not noticing or knowing what he was speaking. Did you see that? So in other words, he didn't want to move away from that place. May it be that when we come to church, we don't feel like going away. May it be that when you are here, you just feel, I'm just in such a place where all is well. Where the Lord reassures you that even that thing that has been troubling you and tormenting you, he is saying, I'm in charge. Amen. That you just feel, I just want to be in the bosom of my father. I just want to experience him. More of him. And they were seized with alarm. Oh, verse 34. But even as he was saying this, a cloud came and began to overshadow them. And they were seized with alarm and struck with fear as they entered into the cloud. Then there came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one, or my beloved. Listen to and yield to and obey him. Did you get that? So that was the moment that Peter, James, and John experienced the glory when they were with the Lord Jesus. And that is not just for those people. I want us to live as the church of today. We've got to experience everything that God has said. Actually, next week, the Lord has laid it in my heart. Next week, we're going to pray for the sick. If you've got relatives that are not well, the Lord will heal them. Amen. Amen. Because we've got to see what God said he will do, and we leave it. 
We are witnesses. So when you are saying, God, you are faithful, you are faithful, when you say somebody is faithful, it means whatever they have said, they are able to do it. They are trustworthy. Amen? So my God said he is a healer, and I know he heals. And by the way, last week as we were worshiping, as we were just soaking ourselves in the Lord's presence, I got my breakthrough for one of the things that I've been almost like keeping on fighting this thing, keeping on fighting this thing. But as we were here, just to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, the Bible says mountains melt like wax in the presence of God. Some of the challenges you have, some of the problems you have, you don't need to fight them. You just need to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. You just need to be like the children of Israel when they were going around the walls of Jericho, just praising and worshiping. What happened to the walls of Jericho? They fell down. When Peter and Silas were in prison, Paul and Silas were in prison, what did they do? They started praising at midnight. And as they were praising, all the gates started getting open. The chains became loose. Why? Just by praising and worshiping God. So that is the secret that we need to have as children of God. Go with me to the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 in the good news. It says God's plan is to make known his secret to his people. This rich and glorious secrets which he has for all peoples. And the secret is that Christ is in you, which means you will share in the glory of God. Can I see the hands of children of God? If you know you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just wave your hand to me. Amen. Christ is in you. So if Christ is in you, according to this verse, you will share in the glory of God. Now, if we say the glory of God is that manifested presence, the heavy presence of God, we've got to share in that. There has to be times when you have this, when you are just in the presence of God and worshiping him and praising him, and sometimes you feel like your body is going tingling. Amen? Where you just feel it's, it's, it's just different. Amen? And at that time, may your issues be getting resolved. May the presence of God be so heavy in your life that you start sensing it even in your body. Go with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 34. We'll do 34 and 35. We read this last week, but I will pick this scripture and the next one, and then we'll connect with what we're sharing about today. So I told you, that those of you who know a magnet, if you take a piece of magnet and rub a piece of steel against it, that steel becomes magnetic. So when it says Christ is in you, is the hope of glory. It means the more time I spend with the Lord, the more time I spend with God, I radiate the presence of God. Amen? It's like when I lay hands on the sick and you get healed. It's not about me. It is about the glory that is manifested through my body. Amen. Because the Bible says, look at this, Exodus 34, 34 and 35 NIV. But whenever Moses entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, you remember the tent of meeting, the tent of the Lord's presence? So when Moses would go into the tent of the Lord's presence, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what had been commanded, 
they saw that his face was radiant. Did you see that same thing where we were reading with Moses and Jesus and Peter and them? So the face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. You saw that? Now, let's connect with what happened to Moses, what happened to Peter, uh, James, and John. Let's connect it with us today. How can we also experience this glory of God? And it's not glory just to shine off with. It's to say, when I experience the presence of God in my life, sometimes I get healed that way. Sometimes I get healed by just acknowledging the presence of God in me. Amen? Imagine the spirit of the Lord hovering over me and moving through my body. If there is any sickness or anything of the enemy, may it be destroyed by the anointing that's flowing through my body. Amen? You can get healed that way, just acknowledging what God is doing for you. Sometimes when you are just partaking of the Holy Communion and thinking of what the Lord has done for you on the cross, and you get healed. Amen. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Mr. MJ, I like this metamorphosis. Now I'll keep on talking about it until you are metamorphosed. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. In other words, we'll keep on talking about this and talk about it even in your life. We want our situations to change. We want situations sometimes in our bodies also to change. And may everything about me that is not right change for the better. Amen. So Mr. MJ, do it for us in the voice. 2 Corinthians 3.18. And those of you who do not have the voice translation, please listen to this. Because I like it in this translation. It's well placed. And it fits well with what is in my heart. And I want us to use this for our own selves, for anything in your life. I want you to expose yourself to the presence of God and may his glory rub off in you and make an impact in your body. Read it for us. 2 Corinthians 3.18, the voice. Now all of us, with our faces unveiled... Okay, with our faces unveiled, you had Moses here to uh, unveil his face. Okay, uh-huh. Reflect the glory of the Lord as if we are mirrors. Okay, I, want, I told you why I like this version. It says we all reflect the glory of God as if we are mirrors. Now what happens if a mirror is here? If I'm a mirror and the glory of the Lord is here before me and I reflect the glory, it means what is before me, it bounces off on me and then you can see that, the reflection of that. That's what we call reflect, isn't it? So it says, as if we are mirrors, we reflect the glory of God. So it means when I come to the presence of the Lord and I'm before the Lord like Moses, the presence of God or the glory of God rubs off on me and it's reflected in me. Did you get that? That's why people could see that radiant manifestation, that brightness. Okay, so continue. And so we are being transformed, mm -hmm. metamorphosed mm -hmm. into the same image from one radiance of glory to another. So this, this I like this. And I'll keep on speaking it. <laughs> because to me, this is powerful. This is one of the powerful verses 
that I've seen. This is what it's saying. It's saying, as I stand before God all the time, his glory is reflected through me as if I'm a mirror. But not only is it reflected, when it's in me, it does something in my body. Some of you, you want to help others before there is an impact of that word in you. So it says, when I'm before the Lord and I am transformed or metamorphosed. I told you some of us, even though we did Bantu education, we knew at least the term metamorphosis. Ex pupa adult. You remember? Don't do those things these days, but we did those and we would jump. Ex pupa adult. Ex pupa adult. And then we would never get it wrong. But that is metamorphosed from one form to another. So look at this. If my body is sick, if my body is not feeling well, how do I get metamorphosed? Let's say now I'm before the word of God that says, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, you are healed. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus, you are healed. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus, you are healed. Let's say my body is sick. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus, you are healed. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus, you are healed. It says you become transformed, metamorphosed into the same image that's radiating to you. So it means you've got to expose yourself to what God is saying so that you can be transformed into that image. Do you get that? So that's how you can also get healed. That's also how your financial situation can change. Take your financial situations that are misbehaving, your finances that are misbehaving. You go to the word of God and the word of God says, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You go to that word and it says, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. So it means my situation has to be transformed. My situation has to be changed. My situation has to be metamorphosed into the same image that I am seeing. Amen? So that then brings a challenge to say that we have to always expose ourselves to the presence of God. You know this thing about the presence of God and the rubbing of the glory? I gave you the example of a magnet. Let me give you another practical example. Go with me to the book of 2 Kings. Chapter 13. We're going to look at Elijah, Elisha. This is another thing. Some people are so much used by God that even when they are dead, the glory is still there in their bones. Okay. Look at this. This is interesting. And it's the same concept I'm telling you about about having so much of the presence of God in you that whatever touches you, it's that glory is manifested in that. Like a piece of magnet when you rub it and then there still becomes magnetic. Now look at this. Second Kings chapter 13, verse 20 and 21, Good News Translation. Mr. MJ, read it for us. Elisha died and was buried. Okay, Elisha died and was buried. Uh-huh. Bands of Moabites used to invade the land of Israel. Yes. One time during a funeral, one of those bands was seen. Yeah. And the people threw the corpse into Elisha's tomb 
and ran off. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. now look, look, look at the magnet. As <laughs> soon as the body came into contact with Elisha's bones, the man came back to life and stood up. Sure. Did you see that? Did you see that? So Elisha, after he was dead, his bones were still were still magnetic. His bones were still having the power. So it says, when those people were run, it's like they saw the bands of the Moabites and as they were afraid because they were in a funeral. Then they just dropped that dead person on the bones of Elijah. And what happened? Just when they touched the bones of Elijah, the man came back to life. Did you see that? So the principle that I was telling you about a magnet, that's real, that's practical. It should be that when people come into contact with me, may they experience the glory of God. May they feel the power of God flowing through my body. Amen. You will see this. Let's look at this one. You will see. Let's look at Acts chapter 19. Verse 11 and 12, Amplified Classic. I'm just showing you this point about what happens if we expose ourselves to the presence of God and we are so much in his glory. Things start changing. And when I'm saying we will pray for the sick next week, I want us to dedicate time that God manifest his glory among us and may people receive their miracle. May people be healed and say, indeed, God is alive. Because we cannot just speak this and it doesn't work for us. I am a witness. It's working for me. Amen. And as it's reflecting, may you also benefit from that reflection of the glory that I'm experiencing. Acts chapter 19, verse 11 and 12. And God did unusual and extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. Now, I want you to look at that verse 11 first. Who was doing the miracles? Hmm? Did you see that? What was he using? It's that simple, isn't it? God did extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So as the glory of God was manifested in Paul's body, it could be transferred with Paul's hands. You get that? That's why when we pray for you when you are sick, it's not about us. It's God himself doing extraordinary miracles through our hands as a point of contact. So that handkerchiefs or towels or aprons which had touched his skin were carried away and put upon the sick and their diseases left them. And evil spirits came out of them. Did you get that? How were they getting healed? Just the fact that a handkerchief or a piece of cloth had touched the skin of Paul. So Paul would be having the glory of God because of this. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So now, any cloth that had touched or an apron or a piece of cloth, people would take it and the Glory, like that magnet, it could still be transferred with that piece of cloth. Did you get that? 
So the thing I was telling you, I'm giving you this scripture so that you understand how the glory thing works. How when we are saying, when we are in the presence of God, as God is here among us, may he manifest his glory. And may you start receiving your miracle. May you start getting that which, as, as, as the glory is radiating through your body. Amen. Amen. So it says, through the hands of Paul, miracles were happening. God was doing his works through the hands of Paul. But is that the glory could be manifested through him. So I'm saying, take this and use it even for your own self. That it's not only that the glory will be reflected from me as if I'm a mirror, but it will also transform me and transform my situation. Go with me to the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 11, New King James Version. Again, you will see that when Christ is in you, there's a lot of things. You, you, you really, as a child of God, shouldn't be living a defeated life. You should be able to live and say, Satan is under my feet. You should be able to live and say, sickness, you've got no portion in my body. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It is not the temple of sicknesses. Sickness, you are not permitted in this body. Amen. And you take charge. And you say, Pastor... Does it work just like that? Your maker says it works like that. Your creator said it works like that. That's how we get healed. The one who created your body says that's how you can get healed. Look at this. Romans 8.11, New King James Version. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Are you seeing the same concept? If the spirit of the Lord dwells in you, I say this is another one of the verses I also used to get healed with. So the spirit of the Lord dwells in me. Now, he who raised Christ from the dead, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, it means he's dwelling in me. Okay? When that power is in me, it gives life to my mortal body. As it's flowing through my body, every sickness has to go. May sickness be flushed out of my body by the Spirit of the Lord. You remember the one time when, you remember the story of Dagon, the, the, the god of the, the Philistines? There was a time when they defeated the Israelites because the Israelites were not walking right before God. So they captured the Ark of the Covenant of God, which represented the presence of God. Now, as they were celebrating, they took that Ark and took it to the, to the house of their God, Dagon. So they placed it there before Dagon, celebrating. And the next day, when they woke up, they found the statue of Dagon flat to the ground. It fell because it couldn't stand the presence of God. Now, they took that statue again, put it up. The next day when they woke up, what happened? The statue fell and it was crushed to pieces. Meaning, no force of the enemy can stand before my God. Amen. 
May everything that the enemy has assigned against you, may it be destroyed in the name of Jesus. That's why I said to you, some of you, especially we Africans, you're very much afraid of, of wizards and witches. Do you know what spirit they use? Do you think they are using the Holy Spirit when they want to bewitch you? Hmm? Is it the Lord using them to bewitch you? No. They are using the forces of the enemy. Now, if they are using Dagon, and you've got the spirit of the Lord in you, what should fall? Dagon must fall. Amen. So it means anything that the enemy, that's why the Bible says in Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. Any tongue that raised up against you in judgment will be condemned. Amen. It means you've got what it takes to win. Tell your neighbor you've got what it takes to win. You are victorious. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. It means my situation has got to bow. The Bible says every knee should bow. Every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. So it means as we spend time in his presence, may he continue to transform us. May his word change our situation. I'm sticking with the word. I'm sticking with the word. I don't know about you. If you are also sticking with the word, can you say I'm sticking with the word? Amen. That's why the good thing is that when you are a Christian who likes the word of God, you will never be in fashion or out of fashion. If you play gimmicks, then it will be like this, and we think you're going up and down, up and down. But if you stick with the word, you will be like, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up high with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. When others are running and growing weary, when others are walking and fainting, you will keep on soaring high. Amen? Because you've got the presence of God in you. May we be so much used to the word of God that it keeps on transforming our situation. May it keep on changing your life. Go with me to that Colossians 1.6. NLT, Mr. MJ, we read it last week, this one, but I want us to read it again. Colossians 1.6. Because this word... The good news is what makes all the difference. You know, it's very easy to say you are coming to church, and when you are here in church, I tell you stories eh? from the pulpit. How many of you know that the devil is not afraid of stories? Eh? So that's why it doesn't help. I come here, I tell you all the stories, I excite you, I tell you this, tell you this. You can read those stories yourself. My job is to tell you what God says. And the Bible says God is watching over his word to perform it. That's why I'm so confident even when I'm saying, bring the sick next week. God will heal them. Because he said it himself. And as I was praying last night, I'm not doing it out of my own. As I was praying last night, that's what the Lord laid in my heart. To say, I need to tell you this, bring the sick next week and God will heal them. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Because we cannot just read these things and just see them there. We've got to live them. We've got to experience them. We've got to experience the presence of God. Our lives have to be changed. Metamorphosed. Our situations have to be changed, metamorphosed. Colossians 1.6 NLT, Mr. MJ. This same good news that came to you 
is going out all over the world. Okay, the same good news that came to you, the same word that came to you, is going out all over the world, even here in Erste River. And when it's coming here, what is it coming to do? It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. So last week you said it's bearing fruit everywhere by metamorphosing lives. Amen. Amen. By changing lives, by transforming lives. So as the word of God comes in my life, may my situation be different. Amen. Amen. Some of you are so much waiting for other people to tell you that your situation will change. But God has already told you that if you take that word, it will change your situation. One word from God can change your life forever. You just stick with it. It says it's going out everywhere by changing, it's bearing fruit by changing lives. Continue. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Amen. So this word is changing lives, just as it has changed my life. So for me, when I read this, I'm not only reading that it changed my life in that I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That is the first part of being metamorphosed, of being transformed to another image. But daily, the word is changing life. In my life, it's changing my situation for the better. Because as long as you are still in this world, Things are not yet perfected. So it means there's still always a chance for the way to keep on changing my situation, changing my life, changing this, changing this. Each of us, there are things that we are looking at and some of the things you want changed. Tell your neighbor, whatever thing that you want to see changed, expose it to the word of God. And it will be transformed. It will be changed. Amen. Because it says this very glory, it's radiating, it's transforming. Look at this. Proverbs 4, 20 to 23, we'll do it in the Jubilee translation. I like the word because some of you, you want to be transformed. You want God to do things. It's like if you come, like when I'm saying we'll pray for the sick next week, we won't, we won't just pray here as if we are magicians. We'll give you the word. When we give you the word, when your faith is stirred up, when we pray for you, you get your miracle. Amen. And your miracle will last because it's based on what God has said. You get that? So, look at this. Proverbs 4, 20 to 23, the Jubilee translation. It says, my son, attend to my words. We're talking about this word that changes lives. Attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my words. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Okay. So if the word is not departing from my eyes, it means the word is before me. Now I told you if the word is before me, what am I? I'm a mirror. And as the word is coming to me, it's metamorphosing me. And then it reflects and you can see what God is doing. So if I'm now here and the word before me is by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, you were healed. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus, you were healed. Let's say my body is feeling sick, but I'm exposing it to this word. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus, you were healed. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus, you were healed. I'm putting, it says, let it not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And, and, medicine, medicine to all their flesh. 
It means you can also get healed through the word of God. And that's how I get healed. Amen. As I expose myself to the word, my body gets transformed to the image that I'm seeing in the word and I get healed. And that's how you are going to get healed. Because the ma your maker said that's how you get healed. So it says, it is life to those that find them and medicine to all their flesh. Now, when it says life to those that find them, last week I think I gave you an example to say, we know that food fills people. Okay? But if, if there's food here in front of me and I say, food fills people, I know if I eat this food I will be full. And I go for three days. I know if I eat this food, I will be full. I go for five days. I know if I eat this food, I will be full. Ten days. I know if I eat this food, I will be full. Do I get full? Ultimately, I will starve of hunger. But does it mean that the, word, the, the, the food does not fill? It fills. But it only works for you as you take it. Similarly, the word is life unto those that find them and medicine to their flesh. So it means as I expose myself to the word about healing, that word becomes medicine in my body. So, do you know how med... I told you the other time in medicine, if maybe the doctor prescribes for you, take these tablets three times a day, morning, afternoon, evening. You use as prescribed, isn't it? I told you last week, you don't take the tablet and rub it because the pain is here at the back. You just follow what he said. If the doctor says, swallow this tablet three times a day, you know what other people do? They would want to swallow 20 of them at the same time. Does it work? <laughs> you would rather get killed that way. But can I tell you with this one, there's no overdose. Amen? So, if I'm prescribing for you the word of God, the other time I was preaching the word prescription for divine health, I think it's there on our website. When, if you are taking this prescription and if the condition is getting worse, you know sometimes you are confessing and, but it feels like it's getting worse, double the dose. There is no overdose. So it means, I remember there was one time, this is what literally happened with me. Okay, let me tell you this. The other time I was attacked, my, my, my tooth was very, 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 very painful because it's almost like, I think there was a, a carrier on it and a plug. So it was very, very, very painful. And I know that I get healed this way. So I spoke the word. I prayed. The pain was even getting more. Spoke the word, prayed. Pain getting more. Something in my spirit said, that's what I did. I'm going to pray and speak this word until this pain stops. I don't know, the devil is a coward. Because the moment I took that decision, because I was prepared to go for it. To go for it, whatever it takes. And within five minutes, he retreated. Because I had told myself, I'm going for this one, I'm not going back. I'm going to pray until you stop. That's how you fight. Amen. You know when, when you are trusting God for your healing, it's like a tug of war. Have you known that when people are in a tug of war, this one is pulling, the other one is pulling that way. Whoever gives in first loses. So the devil tells you you are under so much pressure and he tells you you are a loser. So that you must quit and then he wins. You are just pulling. 
He's a deceiver. So if the Lord says his word is medicine to my flesh, then I can take that word and keep on talking it. Like somebody who is taking a medicine, and it should work the same way. And the good thing with the word is that no disease is incurable. That's why I'm confident. I didn't say that talk to people whose sicknesses are curable next week to come and we pray for them. Said so as long as you seek. The Lord says, when Jesus was on the cross, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we were healed. And Psalms 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Forget not all his benefits. He heals all my diseases. All of them. And all should mean all. You just need to trust God. We can't just sing, you are faithful, O Lord, you are faithful. And we think, but sometimes you disappoint us. No. If he's faithful, he is faithful. And the vendor version, you say, I've seen him. I know what I'm talking about. I am like David facing Goliath. When everybody was afraid of Goliath, all those Israelites being scared, David says, the same God who delivered me from the paw of a bear and a lion will deliver me from the hands of this uncircumcised Philistine. Amen. Amen. And he went for it. Now, the challenge with some of us is, we are not even, by the way, do you know that the case of David? You don't say, I know God will deliver me, but if he doesn't deliver me, oops. Because you're going to die. Okay? So it means you go there with boldness. And when Goliath is coming against you, David says, you come against me with a spear, a sword, and a javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. You know what happened? Amen? So you, are, you have the same opportunity to drop down your Goliath. Tell your neighbor you've got the same opportunity to drop down your Goliath. Take the word which is the sword of the spirit. Amen. Amen. Go for him. Amen. Go for him. Amen. Amen. We've got to do that. Amen. Let me wind down for today. We're going to pick it up next week. Let me take this one here. Because I want you to understand that God wants to do things for you. But he wants you to exercise your faith. Amen. It won't work just because you are a child of God. It won't just work because there is food in front of you. It is medicine. It is life to those that find it and medicine to their flesh. It will work for you as you believe it. Now look at this. I want us to take the example of Caleb. I like Caleb and Joshua. Yeah. I'll take these two scriptures or three of them. Yeah, let's take Numbers 14, 24, New King James Version. We read this the previous time, but I want us to connect this so that you can understand that God is looking 
The Bible says his eyes are moving to and fro upon the face of the earth. He's looking for those whose hearts are loyal to him so that he may show himself strong on their behalf. So it doesn't matter even if you are the one person. You remember the woman with the issue of blood in the crowd? She's the only one we hear that she touched the hem of his garment and she was made whole. But there were many people who were pushing against Jesus. But we don't hear about them getting healed. So it means even in a crowd, it may be a crowd like this, you can receive your miracle as an individual. That's why even the pool of Bethesda, it was when you jump in, it doesn't matter what sickness, you got healed. So look at this. Numbers 14, 24, New King James Version. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. So it means when you are exercising faith, that's why the Bible says in, in Hebrews eleven six, it's impossible to please God without faith. But those who come to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. As you seek God, God knows that. He says, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him. In other words, he was different. Ask your neighbor, are you different? Or do you just go with the flow? It's easy to go with the flow, isn't it? It doesn't take effort. But it takes effort to be different. Look at this. Let's read it in Numbers 13. We're going to end with this one. Numbers 13, 26 to 33. I want you to look at, because God talked about Caleb and says, my servant Caleb, he has a different spirit in him. I want, you to, I want to look at it with you to say, what kind of spirit did he have? How different was he? And when you are different, God knows that. When you are exercising your faith, God knows that. When you are trusting God, God knows that. Don't worry much about why are other people not doing it. Because sometimes you find other people, they are not serious about their God. It's like when you know what God has said about giving, the elder was encouraging us here about not robbing God, but giving your tithes, your offerings, and being faithful to God. Just do it. Even if others are not doing it, their eyes are not opened yet, but you know God has touched you. And God deals with us as individuals. Amen. He's got time for each one of us as an individual. That's why you could say, and my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him. Just imagine God knowing you by name. Huh? And calling you by name. That's a privileged position. Now look at this. Numbers 13, 26 to 33, New King James Version. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. So this is, it was the 12 spies who were sent to spy the land. Okay? So I want to equate these 12 spies with us here. Among us here, there are others who will be like Caleb and Joshua, but there are also others who are like the 10. I hope it's, the proportion is not the same. Huh? It was 2 and 10. And the 10 were, no, it's not possible. No, it's not possible. I believe here, most of us are saying, yes. The Lord has spoken it. Especially those of you who say amen when I preach. I know you are saying yes. But those of you who are sleeping when I'm preaching, you are like the ten. Look at this. 
they brought back word to them according to all and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. What happened now? Nevertheless, <laughs> have you heard people speaking? I believe, but. You started right, but what's happening now? So, the fruit, the land truly flows with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. So, nevertheless, when you say nevertheless, you are saying but. And anything that you have said before, it becomes immaterial. Because now you're changing it. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountain. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people. Did you hear that? Caleb quieted the people. So when they were still saying, no, this is not possible, this, shh. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Can I have some Caleb's here? Say, we are well able. We are well able. Amen. We are well able. But the man who had gone up with him said, we are not able did you see that? Caleb says, we are well able. The man that went with him, we are not able. Now, I want you to do an experiment. After church, among all of us who are here, if you've got a chance to interact with people, when people speak, just speak, is this a Caleb and a Joshua or is this one of the ten? Chances are, you will still find a proportion of 2 to 10, 1 to 5. Chances of you getting people who speak what God has said is slimmer than people who just speak their situation. Hey, no, we are struggling. You know life is tough. You know even now the economy is getting even worse. The petrol price, sure. No, we will never even drive our cars. Which, which verse? Which verse is that? You're reading too much newspaper and forgetting the word. Isn't it? You're listening to so much news. Amen. And you're missing the good news. Amen. So, he quieted the people and said, we are well able. But the other said, we are not able to go up against people, these people, for they are stronger than we. So in essence, when God had said they were able and he had given them the land, Caleb and Joshua were saying, if God says we can do it, we can do it. And the other said, we are not able because they were walking by what they saw. They were going according to their sight. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy is a land which devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it, you see, all the people whom we saw, we walk by faith and not by sight. All the people whom we saw. The moment you're talking about what you saw, you are going to be defeated. Ask Peter. Peter was walking by faith when he was going to Jesus. 
when he said to Jesus, if it's you, command me, give me a word that I may come to you walking on the water. And Jesus said, come. And Peter was walking on the word on the water. And the Bible says, as he saw the wind, boisterous, he began to sink. It's because when you shift your attention from focusing on what God has said, and you start looking at your situations, you are going to sink. So here they say, we saw all the people whom we saw in are men of great stations. And there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. Which verse? They were only talking about what they saw. And that's how to get defeated. Tell your neighbor, if you want to get defeated, keep on speaking what you see. Keep on speaking your situation. But if you want to win, take the word, the sword of the spirit, and get your victory. Amen. You've got what it takes to win. Amen. Amen. You've got what it takes to win. And let's, let's leave this word. I, I leave it. Amen. You can see if somebody is speaking something that they had people speak or somebody speaking something that is in them. Okay? So I'm telling you what I know. It's working for me in my life. That's why I'm very confident even when I say we'll be praying for the sick next week. I know God will heal them. Because God said so. And he's our healer. And just as God was concerned when he saw the suffering of the Israelites, in the book of Exodus, the Lord says, I've seen the suffering of my people. I know their sorrows. And I've come down to deliver them. I believe God wants to set his people free. I believe God wants to heal his people. I believe God wants to deliver his people. Acts 10.38 says, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Amen. Amen. I want us to stand up and thank God for the word that we've heard. Whichever way that the word was speaking to you, I want you to reflect on it. And may your situation be, be changed. May you, your situation be metamorphosed. May your situation be transformed. And if you want to speak to your mountain, speak to it. When you are in this place, when you are in this tent, the tent of the Lord's presence, may the presence of the Lord be so heavy that mountains will melt in Jesus' name. Let's thank God for the word that we've heard and speak to your situation. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you.